0: One of the most favorite activities of Catholics everywhere, uh, not all Catholics, but uh, some Catholics, uh, one of their favorite things to do is to complain about the Catholic Church. And they complain about, uh, oh, the Holy Father, he did this and this, or maybe the, the liturgy. Did you see what, what took place at that liturgy at that church? Uh, you know, or, or, or maybe it's oh, those, those, those German bishops, or, or maybe... You know, it's, maybe it's something you see about in your, in your fellow Catholic, you know, uh, people that, or maybe it's, you know, people in your own life, you know, that kind of the classic things that people tend to complain about, you know, your, your mother-in-law, or maybe it's your ex or your boss at work, uh, you know, lots of things to uh, grumble about and, and to complain about. Well, today we got a great parable uh, from Matthew chapter 20 to reflect on these things. So it's about these vineyard workers, some who worked longer and some who worked shorter and they all got paid the same amount and the ones who worked longer, not happy about this. They grumbled, they complained about it. Uh, you know, and so sometimes I hear people complain, uh, you know, even here in the church, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's too much preaching on, about grace and there's mercy. You know, we need more preaching about like hell and, and, and damnation and sin. You know, I don't like how, how things are being managed these days like in this parable, right? So, you know, the, the workers were complaining about the landowner and how he was managing the vineyard. Of course, historically, you know, the vineyard, that's always been understood to be the church. That's understood to be the people of God. All throughout scripture, the vineyard always represents uh, God's people, God's kingdom. So we have this, this topic to reflect on of complaining, of of Grumbling. I would offer that this is a big issue, much bigger than people think. You know, people think, you know, it's an everyday thing, everybody does it. Uh, but really, it's, it's pretty big. It's far more serious, I think, than we normally consider, more than we think. You know, if you look at the scripture and God's view of grumbling, of griping, of complaining, St. Paul talks about it, he warns people of it in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 10. And he's referring to this, Narrative this story of grumbling from the history of God's people. This took place, you can read about it back in, in Numbers eleven. So the people of God were out there in the desert, they had just been freed from slavery in Egypt, they were wandering around, and they're complaining to the Lord about their misfortunes. And the Lord apparently wasn't too fond of this because according to the scriptures, you can read about in numbers eleven, he punished them severely. So fire from heaven came down and consumed some of them. But I guess it didn't didn't mean too much to them because just a few chapters later, this is Numbers 11, so in Numbers 14, we read about it again. They complained against Moses and against Aaron. They're saying, hey, they wish that they had died back in Egypt where they had it nice. Why do they have to go through all this this desert stuff? And they started talking about rebelling against Moses and Aaron. And so uh, God doesn't like this too much. And the punish becomes even more severe. He says to them in Numbers fourteen twenty nine, your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness. And all of your number, numbered from 20 years old and upward, who have murmured against me. It's interesting that he says murmured against me because if you ask the people, they might say, oh, we didn't murmur against you, God. We murmured against Moses and against Aaron those that the Lord had placed in charge. The Lord understood this as them grumbling against him. And so he, he gave them the death penalty. They were going to die over the next few years there in the desert. None of them were going to enter the promised land. So it's a big issue. It's a serious issue. Why, why is this such a big issue? Why is it so important? Well, the church fathers talked about uh, complaining or grumbling as being like poison. Poison that poisons your own soul and then also spreads to others. You now, St. Augustine says, he says, oh, what a miserable, deadly plague. How poisonous. Pope Francis has talked about it and preached about it. We become angry, bitter, and keep God from our hearts. They're kind of like the Pharisees, you know, when Jesus was trying to do his work. The Pharisees would often complain and grumble and gripe and point out issues and things they saw as problems constantly. Ah, oh, you're disciples aren't washing their hands before they eat you know you're oh you're picking those little grain pieces on the Sabbath all these things again and again and again constantly grumbling and, and complaining poisons the heart leads to resentment sadness it closes the door to God and the worst thing is it's not just you that this happens to oftentimes complaining tends to spread you know it's kind of Uh, bonding in a way to get together and commiserate together, right? People tend to do this. And so, but this can be very dangerous when it comes to complaining. Our Lord said that, you know, it would be better for you to be drowned with a millstone hanging around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to sin. Meaning allowing these complaints, this poison to spread to others, this sin to spread to others. Pretty serious. So it's a big issue. Bigger issue than most people think. This griping, this complaining. So what's the solution then? You know, how do you work with this? If this is a temptation of yours, how should you respond? I'd offer three things. There's three things that you can do to assist in avoiding complaining, to avoid grumbling. The first thing is to look to yourself instead of blaming others. This is in grumbling about others. This is what we see in this parable that our Lord told from Matthew 20. So, the landowner, when these people come to him and they grumble against him, he immediately asks them to look to themselves. He says, Isn't this what you agreed to work for? For one denarius. I'm giving you what you agreed to. He yeah, wanted them to look back at them. Uh, look to yourself when you're having these issues, these difficulties. You know, oftentimes when a person's complaining, it's because they see it as though it's a perceived injustice. You know, they say, oh, well, I, I deserve better than this. You know, when in reality, none of us, I know it sounds harsh, but you don't even deserve to be alive. So being alive, this is a gift from the Lord. None of us did anything to be alive. All this is, is a gift. Uh... You know, or you know, the other people say, "Well, you know, they grumble. I know better than Moses and Aaron or, or uh, I know I know better than Pope Francis about you know how this church really should be run." You know, this kind of just points back to this pride that's that's in the hearts. Church fathers would say that instead of grumbling or complaining, to start with yourself, to start by blaming yourself. This is why the sacrament of confession is so incredibly. Powerful. When you go to confession, you're saying, I did such and such. You're taking ownership of your sins. You're starting with yourself. This can be incredibly healing. So start with yourself. This is the first thing I'd recommend when it comes to this temptation to complain. The second thing is to give, instead of complaining, to give thanks to God for what is taking place. Instead of complaining, to rejoice. That all those that the Lord is gathering into his vineyard, whether you think they deserve to be there or not, whether they've been there a long time or a short time, rejoice. This is what we see over and over our Lord talking about. Uh, You know, this this vineyard, which represents the kingdom of God, represents the church. You know, he mentions it like in Matthew chapter 9. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Pray for more in the vineyard. Pray the Lord to call more people, whether they deserve to be there or not, that's great. Whether they've been, you know, part of the church for a long time or a short time, it doesn't matter. Pray for more to join us in our work and to so rejoice when they come. You know, uh, John 4.35, our Lord talks about the sower and the reaper, that they may rejoice together. So whether you're a sower, you're kind of there at the beginning, or you're the reaper toward the end, rejoice Together, or 1 John 1, 3, have a complete joy because we are in fellowship together with the Trinity, working in the vineyard, rejoice. So uh, in October, our Holy Father has asked for the church to come together in this synod. This is, he's trying to do basically what's taking place in this parable that we're seeing here. Bringing in, you know, people that others might complain about, others don't really want to hear from, but getting them in the vineyard, you know, people, voices who tend to be toward the fringe or toward the outside of things, getting them in the vineyard, in this work that, uh, with us. You know, there's a lot of, uh, of polarization that is current in our land, in our church. You know, this, this, senior, this synod, the whole purpose of this is getting these people from different views and angles to come together. How do we talk about things? How do we work through things? How do we work through disagreements? How do we listen to one another? How are we working as a church? Are we complaining and grumbling against each other all in this vineyard? No, our Lord would say, rejoice. Thank the Lord for all those he has called into the vineyard." That's the second thing, rejoice. And then uh, number three, to trust the landowner. So instead of complaining when things don't quite make sense, you know, the landowner, of course, this symbolizes uh, Christ, you know, the, the king of kings, the one who's in charge of the vineyard, to trust him. When, you know It seems like you know, he's doling out money incorrectly or doing something maybe you don't quite agree with. The Lord's in charge of his church, of his vineyard, and you can trust him. Even if things don't make sense, trust him. You know, your sufferings, these things that you're tempted to complain about, offer them up to the Lord. Go to the Lord. Grow in trust of him. That's the third thing that I would offer. So if you struggle with this temptation to grumble, to gripe, to complain, start of looking at yourself instead of blaming others, uh, thank the Lord for all those that he's calling into his vineyard. And then trust the landowner. He's in charge. He's going to take care of things, even if they don't quite make sense. The scripture says in Philippians two fourteen, "Do all things without grumbling or questioning, without arguing." Or James five nine, "Do not grumble, brethren, against one another." So it's a serious issue, more serious than people think. So I encourage you to consider this. Consider it in your own life and then take steps to, to overcome it with the Lord's help. Start by looking at yourself. Look to God in thanksgiving for what he's doing and trust him. Trust his work in the church. So today when you leave and you, you go out or maybe tomorrow or the next day, instead of grumbling about the traffic or the way someone dresses that you don't agree with or maybe it's back at your house and someone is leaving a mess, dishes out, or closing the floor for you to clean up, instead of grumbling, uh, trust the Lord. Um, Look to yourself. uh, Trust him and rejoice at what he is doing through these difficulties. That God may be glorified. Amen.